0: I'm Don Stuber, for those that you don't know. I'm one of the lay ministers here at Northfield. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to come. As we sing about the price, you paid for our redemption. Lord, make that real to us this morning. Speak truth, Lord. Lord. Not my thoughts, not my ideas, but your word, and speak to hearts. Let me pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So de- today is the part two of a two-part series on deception. Last week, Don Blair' message and his big idea was, was, "Deception captures and destroys. The truth sets us free. He talked about misinformation and disinformation. And obviously, we are faced with it every day fake news, agendas, lies, half truth. Why is it important for us to take two Sundays and talk about deception? A few years ago, it was about this time of year, I I farm, and a a busy time of year, and a lot of things going on, and and I got something in my eye, and it was kind of painful, and so that evening I got home, and Heidi kind of looked in my eye, and whatever was in there was out, it was no longer in there, and the pain continued, so we figured, well, it must have scratched something in there. And previously, she had had a, a torn retina, and it had got these great eye drops that, you know, promote healing as a steroid prescription eye drop. So, hey, we got this on hand. Let's use this. And uh, it was only getting worse. And so finally, I went to the eye doctor Told him I was using these eye drops, kind of explained the, the progression, and he looked into my eye for about 10 seconds and said, well, you have an ulcer on your cornea, you're on your way to going blind, and the eye drops you're using is like pouring gasoline on the fire, the exact wrong thing to do. And he gave me a treatment, and uh, and it was uh, every two hours, we had to put this stuff in my eye. I mean, 24-7, every two hours, we had to set the alarm, we had to set timers. I had to see him every day, even on Sunday. You know, these specialists don't often have office hours on Sunday, and he said, I'm coming into the office, meet you at such and such. And uh, thankfully, his treatment healed my eye. But because we misdiagnosed, because we missed, uh, relied on our own misinformation, I was going blind. Misinformation blinds us. Deception blinds us. Lies blind us. Believing and acting. On misinformation, disinformation, deception causes us to go blind. We are inundated with misinformation. A couple years ago, no, not a couple years ago, last November, I happened to be watching one of the three network news, we don't have cable, and there was Uh, The news report on the cost of Thanksgiving was going to be more expensive this year. And they went on to state pumpkin pie was going to be more expensive because the majority of pumpkins are raised in central Illinois and there was a virus wiping out all the pumpkins. And the price of turkeys was going to go up because the price of feed, corn, and soybeans was going to go up because there was a a problem of producing enough corn and soybeans. And basically, the the bottom line was because of climate change. Now, it is true that the majority, I think it's like 90 or 95% of the canning pumpkins in the United States are raised within 100 miles of Peoria. I mean, Morton literally is the pumpkin capital of the world. They don't have to just say it, it is. We raise pumpkins on our farm. 2021, best pumpkin crop we've ever raised. For those of you that have driven around in late November, saw the pumpkins rotting in the field because there were so many of them, they couldn't get them all harvested. There was not a pumpkin shortage. Now, Canning pie pumpkins is different than the ornamental pumpkins. My understanding was there was a virus in those ornamental pumpkins. They are not made use for pie. So what about the, the lack of crop production, corn production? Do you have that slide available? On the corn production? This is uh, from Purdue University. Uh, the corn yields by year As you can see, there's a pretty good upward trend line. Now, I'm not here to say if global climate change is right or wrong. I don't know. I don't have that information. I do know, as a production agriculture, that the price of last year's Thanksgiving was not due to climate change. You can take that down. The truth was cost of Thanksgiving was going expen- more expensive. The reason was misdiagnosed, and in fact, I would argue, could make it worse because of the diagnosis. Again, I'm not here, I don't know anything, facts of climate change. I have opinions, but I don't know. But I just, I just wanted to yell at the TV, how can you say that? You're totally wrong in your reasoning. And I'm sure if you know of facts and figures and see news articles on it, you've you've experienced the same thing. We are constantly fed with half-truth, with lies, with misinformation, with disinformation. Hiram W. Johnson stated that the first casualty of war is the truth and we see it today every day in the news don't we is Russia winning is Ukraine winning is such and such this and is that though and, and both sides are feeding us disinformation war nation against nation what about the cultural war don't we see it every day What about the spiritual war in your heart? Where are you getting your information? Satan, from the Genesis to Revelation, is constantly being called the deceiver, the father of lies, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Satan is the father of lies and the great deceiver. And he is out to deceive me and to deceive you. And we better understand that. And as Don preached last week, the disinformation that we get, how do we know the truth? How can we determine what is true and what is not? And I'll tell you, out in the world, I don't know. I can't tell you. I've come to hardly believe anything that I hear. That it's truly true. Well, it might have aspects of truth, but is it truth? Truth. So I'd like to look today at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It, I think it's page uh, 1023 in your pew Bible. And John is writing, and, and most, many of the, the, the New Testament talks about false teachers, false prophets, uh, f- deceptive teaching, warning against it. So how do we determine the truth how can we know the truth beloved do not believe every spirit question question what you hear maybe even question what you believe that may sound like it's anti Christ, right? It's anti faith. God does not expect us to just believe blindly. He expects us to have faith, obviously. But he has given us his so much truth to support our faith. We need to question. The elder of our church when I was growing up was Walt Meyer. It's uh, Joyce Gallant and Susan Gibbs' dad. And one of his things that he would say was, God gave us two ears to listen to both sides. We need to challenge ourselves to seek the truth, not a blind truth but a truth, a faith based on truth. Don't believe everything that is taught and preached in the name of God. Misinformation, cherry-picked scriptures, half-truth of God's word can cause us to go blind and result in death. Death. Have you ever heard the phrase, oh, he's just drinking the Kool-Aid? How many have heard that phrase? How many of you know where that came from? Yeah, the older, that's older people. There was a preacher named Jim Jones. 1978, he had taken his flock and set up a, a uh, commune in in South America, and they were then there was some investigation going on, um, and he was about to be uh, found out for his uh, abuse and his his what was going on down there, and they got a big va- 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 a big uh, pot of Kool Aid and put. I believe it was arsenic, uh, strychnine, arsenic. Anyway, poisoned it, and everyone drank it, and close to a thousand died following the instruction of Jim Jones. You know, I remember that time, and I remember talking to someone, and I forget now who that was. They said, you know, I heard him preach a sermon. He was a powerful and gifted preacher. He could move the hearts of the audience. But he was preaching half-truth. He was preaching misinformation. He was preaching deception of who he really was. And that led to blindness and death. You know, one of the greatest struggles I have to stand up here is, am I preaching the truth am I preaching the truth of God's word or am I cherry picking what I liked what I agree with and you should question the same thing see our feelings and our desires and our experience can deceive us we tend to believe the things that support our belief. It's easy to preach the easy things, the things we love and cherish. In 2 Timothy, Paul, writing to Timothy, warns, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from the listening to the truth and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths are we listening to the truth and as we question then we need to verify what we believe and what is truth. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And I've heard people experience that when they're working with uh, people that are under a lot of demonic oppression and control, cannot say the words, Jesus came in the flesh. They literally cannot say those words. But I think what John is saying here goes much deeper than just saying the words, Jesus came in the flesh. And I tell you, it's, it's amazing because even uh, the denial of the virgin birth creeps into some Christian teaching. But if we go on to verse 9 and 10, John here states, and this is talking about God as love. It says, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love that we, not that we have loved God, but he, but that he loved us and sent his son to the, be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, it goes much deeper than just saying Jesus came in the flesh, but it's acknowledging Jesus' work. And you know, that word propitiation is not something we probably use every day, and I was kind of wondering. So I looked up in Webster, and they had a very clear definition it's the act of propitiating. So, what is Christ being our propitiation? And basically, the word means satisfied. God was satisfied in Christ's sacrifice. See, there's a problem. All have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. There was this divide. We could not, as, as human man and woman, satisfy God's holiness. But Jesus could. God loved us that he gave his son. Those of you that are parents... Which of you would sacrifice your child to save someone that didn't even like you? Is there greater love than that? The Spirit of God, if, a, as teach, if someone is teaching and speaking and it's from God, they confess that we are lost and in dire straits Facing a wrathful God that we cannot appease. But in God's love for us, he gave his son. There's another picture of a door. If we can get it up. Anybody recognize that? Dean, was that you? What is it? Okay, the Ark Encounter uh, in Kentucky, life size uh, of the Ark, and that's the door. I hope you can see the 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 light colored the cross in the middle of that door. There's a, a I have a news website that kind of just gives all different kinds of news. And they had an article from uh, someone called The Forward Kentucky, which claims their, one of their claims is to be objective news. And the an author wrote an article on the Ark Encounter. And this author claimed to be a scholar of fundamentalism and creationism. And here's what they said. What we find particularly striking about the Ark Encounter is that it is a tour site devoted to emphasizing with great specificity the wrathful nature of God and the eternal damnation that awaits unrepentant sinners. They go on to say, Remarkably, Ark Encounter has placed a keepsake photo, this is right here, Placard near the door that is in the Ark's depiction, that in the Ark's depiction sealed the fate of all those on the other side. As we have witnessed every time we have a toured Ark Encounter, happy visitors line up to have their photos taken in front of the door. Remember what she described the door? The, the door sealed the fate of those on the outside. They close with millions of evangelicals visit Ark Encounter for all sorts of reasons, including perhaps its sheer immensity. That said, the message they get from Ark Encounter is clear and simple. The wrathful God has determined that those who do not accept Jesus as Savior, those who are resolutely on the wrong side of culture wars, war issues like abortion and LGBTQ plus rights will pay for their sin eternally. Is that what you see when you see the door? The wrath of God. Because it's true. And let me just state that it's not just not the LGBTQ plus rights and those that have had abortions, but it's me and you too. There's one way to get in the ark and that's the cross. And I remember standing in front of that door being moved by the sacrifice of our Savior Jesus. What he did, because I belong on the outside of that door, And the author of this news article wrote with a half-truth. A half-truth that leads to blindness and death. And not just physical death, but eternal death. Because the truth is God's love that he gave his son And is there anything more painful than seeing your child suffer? And yet God did it because he loved you and he loved me. But we cannot eliminate his wrath for sin. It just cheapens his mercy and grace and his sacrifice If we don't understand God's wrath towards sin. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It just seems like this is kind of presumptuous of John to say, hey, we got it together. Who's the we and the us? You know, I think as we, we need to look at the context of 1 John here. This was probably written 20 to 30 years after most of the other apostles were martyred, after the letters were passed around to the different churches of the apostles. I think John is including the apostolic teaching and the gospel teaching that everyone understood where it came from. He was including the scriptures of the Old Testament that are repeated over and over in these letters and in the gospels and Jesus teaching himself. The whole thing the whole truth, we have to believe something. What are you going to believe? Are you going to believe that this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth? Or are you going to cherry pick the parts you like to believe, that are easy to believe, that make us feel good? What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? You know, if we believe, okay, there's a God, and he's a creator, if we go that far and believe that, wouldn't it make sense that if we have a sovereign God that created us, he would communicate with us? You know, there's a lot of teachings that have come and gone, and words have come and gone. These words have been scrutinized and attacked and maligned for thousands of years, and they still stand true. What else can you say has done that? I guess you could argue some of the sciences, mathematics, I don't think there's... It. You know, 2 plus 2 still equals 4. I think, although I hear rumors that that's not even true anymore. The laws of physics, they have stood the test of time. What about theoretical science? It changes every day. It's constantly being modified and changed and as they learn more, or learn less. It has not stood as truth. This word has. But we love to cherry pick out of it. We love to choose the truths and the things that make us feel good. But half truth leads to blindness. Erwin Lutzer, in an article that I was reading, made the quote, Progressive Christianity interprets the Bible through the lens of culture. It does not critique the culture through the lens of the Bible. And we see that happening in churches all over. But I would say each one of us tend to interpret the Bible through the lens of our experience and our likes, and our feelings, rather than critique our lies through the lens of the Bible. We need to be students of God's Word. And what does God's Word say? Each one of us are responsible for our sins. On our own, we are completely without hope. And God, in His great love for us, sent His Son to pay for and to satisfy God's wrath towards sin. And if we put our faith in Christ's sacrifice, we are a new creation. And someday, in all eternity, we will live in perfection. We must seek the source of all truth. On our own, we will go blind. Let's pray. Lord, every day we are inundated with fake news, with misinformation, with half truth. Lord, we're all prone to it. We are all susceptible to it. We believe what we like to. And yet, Lord, your truth, your word, your scripture is true. And, Lord, you came to save us, not only to eternal life, but to save us out of our sinful life, that we can walk as a new creation through you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.